do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12:2. This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Ambrose of Milan was a celebrated pastor, theologian, and statesman during the patristic age of the church. His life, his service, and his work were among the most remarkable of the late Roman Empire. He was born in Trier, now in Germany, and educated in Rome. His father was the Roman imperial prefect of Gaul, and with his patronage, young Ambrose was able to study law, enter the civil service, and rise quickly through the ranks of the bureaucracy and the diplomatic corps. About 370, he was appointed the governor of Amelia and of Liguria, with his headquarters at Milan. In this office, his kindness and wisdom won the esteem and love of the public, who then called him to be the Bishop of Milan in 374. Although he had converted some years before, he had not yet been baptized, so he was actually consecrated as a bishop before he had even formally entered into the covenant of church membership, much less be ordained. Nevertheless, he took his responsibilities very seriously. He devoted himself to the study of Scripture and of the writings of Origen and Basil, becoming an influential protagonist of their thought in the West. Because Milan was the administrative capital of the Western Empire, Ambrose came to play an important role in the politics of his day. Indeed, he was bold in his counsel, reproof, and discipline of the civil magistrates. To the young emperor Gratian, for instance, he wrote a work entitled On the Faith, a warning of the dangers of Arianism. He also refused to give over a church in Milan for use by Arians at the imperial court, despite pleas from the emperor himself. He went so far as to excommunicate Emperor Maximus for the unjust execution of the heretic Priscillian, and he imposed a public penance on Emperor Theodosius I for ordering a massacre in Thessalonica. In addition, he intervened with Emperor Valentinian II to prevent the restoration of a statue of the goddess Nike to the Senate House in Rome. In addition, he was active in the reform of the church, its liturgy, and its music. He developed the Ambrosian chant and introduced the singing of congregational hymns in local church worship services. Tradition says that he and Augustine spontaneously composed the Te Deum in alternating verses on the occasion of Augustine's baptism. And in fact, it was for that remarkable event that Ambrose is probably best known today. He was the man God used to draw the brilliant Augustine of Hippo to faith in Christ. 
It was his substantive scholarship, kindly pastoral care, committed discipleship, and clear proclamation of the gospel that finally knocked down the walls of Augustine's doubt. Then it was his gracious encouragement that welcomed Augustine into the covenant community. After his death in 397, Ambrose was quickly adopted as the patron saint of Milan, and the Ambrosian library in that city was named in his honor. The little berries of the mistletoe plant, renowned for their healing powers, became a medieval symbol of God's provision and grace, and this, too, was a part of the rich legacy left to us by Ambrose. He took a particular delight in the plant, using it for his ministrations to the ill and for chapel decorations during the cold Milanese winters when no other blooms were available. He even adopted a representation of the berries for his bishopric's signet seal. It was an apt signification of his ministry. Even when the vast northern forests were buried deep in snows and the hardwood trees had lost all their foliage, the mistletoe continued to bloom to offer its medicine of hope to the afflicted and the needy. Often, families would decorate their doorways with little sprigs of the plant as reminders of providential love. It became a happy ritual for lovers to kiss beneath the sprigs as a kind of covenantal affirmation of their fealty in the sight of God. A single berry uh, was to be plucked from the sprig for each kiss. Often, the bare sprigs were kept as a testimony to the couple's vows. Sometime in about the 10th century or so, the hanging of the mistletoe became an Advent and Christmas tradition. It is often the case that when we look back on the lives and legacies of heroes of the faith like Ambrose, we only recall their words and deeds, but because a faithful application of the gospel affects everything, changes everything— we might find its impact anywhere and everywhere, in art and music and technology and law and politics, in architecture, in education, and even in holiday decorations and traditions. So this year, when you see seasonal mistletoe hanging or when you sing Christmas carols during the worship services of your local church, Remember from whence these traditions have come. Remember the life and legacy of Ambrose of Milan. Remember his resolution to live out the full scriptural implications of both resistance and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for resources, go to georgegrant.net and have a very Merry Christmas.